do we pull ourselves away from the busyness of our lives in order to find time to pray? Or do we pull ourselves away from prayer so that we might find the things that we are called to do in building up the kingdom so that we might return to prayer? If we're only trying to fit in prayer, then it's about time that we reorganize our priorities and our lives. If we are not able to fit in personal prayer each day, something has to change. If we don't have enough time to pray with our husband or our wife, our children or our parents, Something has to give. If we are so busy on the weekend that Mass is something that we get to if we can, but if not, that's okay, we'll get to it next weekend or the weekend after. Our schedules are way too busy. Because, my friends, in the end, Prayer is at the very core of who we are as Catholic Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ. Prayer is that which is going to give us the energy, the drive, the nourishment, the refreshment that we need to make it through the desert to the Promised Land. If not, the journey is going to be too long, the journey is going to be too difficult, and we will find that we have collapsed before getting to our heavenly homeland. And so if prayer is truly the most important, then we have to kind of meditate on the three scripture readings that the church puts before us this evening. First and foremost, we have Abraham and Sarah. And so if we're going to make prayer if we're going to make our time with Jesus Christ the priority, then first we have to be people of hospitality. Like Abraham, who sees the three strangers passing by, he cannot let them pass by without washing their feet, providing a good meal, allowing them to rest from their labors. It kind of reminds us of the story of Emmaus, that first Easter morning when the two disciples are walking along and Jesus comes beside them. And Jesus looks like he's going to go on further, and they invite him to stay and have dinner with them. And it's through the sharing of a meal, the blessing and the breaking of bread, that they come to know the presence of Christ in their midst. He celebrates the Eucharist. But the first step is inviting the Christ into our homes, inviting Christ to our supper table, inviting Christ as a part of our conversations, when we go to work, when we're studying, inviting Christ to go on vacation with us down the ocean. But inviting Christ to be a part 
of our daily lives and truly becoming the church at home. That means we have to invite the Lord in. The second thing, as we meditate on the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians, we are reminded that in order to show hospitality to Jesus Christ, then we have to be willing to sacrifice something else. We have to be willing to suffer and to give up the things of this world so that we might be able to make room in our lives for the divine, for our time in prayer and in communion with our God. That means that we might have to give up a priority that's taking all of our time. We might have to give up something so that we can actually have dinner together as a family. We might have to give up something so that the kids can actually get to Mass. We might have to give up something so that formation is a priority. We might have to give up something. Time on our iPhones or tablets or social media or just surfing the net, playing games, so that we might actually have quality time with the ones that we love and to have quality time with the Savior. And that means that in our earthly lives, something's going to have to go. Maybe more than one thing, maybe two or three things. But if the family isn't praying, if Mass is not a priority, if Christ is not welcomed in the home, if things are not oriented towards our relationship with God, then we have to be willing to sacrifice and give up something. And sometimes that sacrifice is going to be painful. And sometimes that sacrifice is not just for show, but is going to have to take on some meaning. And finally, in Martha and Mary, Martha is almost, you can see how close Martha is with Jesus because she comes barreling out of the kitchen. And you can almost see Martha's finger right stopping at the nose of Jesus. Would you please tell my sister to get herself in the kitchen and help me with at least something? And when you think about it, when we are first getting to know somebody, it can be the most awkward thing ever. Think about when you first get to know somebody, and let's say you have to go down the ocean, and you got a three-and-a-half-hour drive ahead of you. And you talk for a little bit, and you talk a little bit more, and then the conversation runs dry, and then there's this awkward pause and silence. And immediately you're fumbling for, all right, what's either the next topic of conversation or what music can I put on to fill the void? But silence is not an option. Why? It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. We have to do a lot of work to fill that void because we don't know the person well enough yet. But isn't it interesting that after we've gotten to know the person, 
once a relationship is established, silence is not a problem. Doing nothing is not a problem. In fact, the goal is just to be with the other person. The goal is just to spend time. And that's the only expectation, nothing else. In the end, it's not about how many words we can get in with our God. In the end, it's not about how many Our Fathers and Hail Marys we can say one after the other, although those things are very much important. But it's about being with our God, resting in His presence, having an opportunity to commune with Him, to be still and know that God is God and we are not. The most important part of prayer is silence. And the most important part of that silence is being willing and able to actually listen. Because prayer cannot be a monologue, it has to be a dialogue. And that means we have to be open to what Jesus has to say to us, and we cannot listen if the Almighty cannot get a word in edgewise. And so, my friends, I'm going to give us one, ah, let's make it two, two wonderful ways that we can commune with our God, either at Mass or before the Blessed Sacrament. Because when we are with the Blessed Sacrament, we are as close to our God, we are as close to heaven, this side of eternity. And so at communion, when we receive the Lord, when we become living, breathing tabernacles, when the Eucharist is as close to us as our own human heart, do we actually take time to rest? Do we take time for prayer, to settle ourselves, and to recognize that Christ is present to us in that moment most intimately and calling us into a personal relationship with him. It's not about what's coming next or what's left on our schedule to do or how long the announcements at Mass are going to take or how much longer is it until it's done, but just being able to be with the Savior. And as, on a personal level, we are communing with our God, as each and every person does that, then we are in communion with one another. And together we are praying. Together we are taking a moment for silence. Together we are growing more intimately into the body of Christ. And then if we want to take that moment and we want to extend it, then try to find some time before Mass to come into the quietness of the church and pray before the tabernacle. Or after everybody leaves after Mass, staying for a while in our pew 
and giving praise and thanks to God for the opportunity to be with him. Or, in the laziness of the summer, and with a few less obligations on our plate, maybe picking up an hour in the perpetual adoration chapel, spending time before the blessed sacrament, exposed on the altar, and in the quiet and the silence of that chapel, discovering who we are as a child of God, renewing and refreshing ourselves so that we have the energy, we have all that we need to make it through the desert and to be able to enter the promised land. Discipleship is not about being busy bodies. Discipleship is very much about sitting at the feet of the Master, learning, listening, and appreciating to be able to be in His presence. And the Lord assures us that if we actually take the time, if we make the sacrifice, if we are people of hospitality and we want to be in His presence, He promises, not only have we chosen the better half, but in the end, it will not be taken from us. And so do we leave everything that we think is important so we might find a moment to pray? Or do we actually, in our prayer, take a few moments to do the necessary things we need to do in order to build the kingdom of God so we might be able to go back to our prayer and to be one with the Lord? In the end, may we choose the better half.